Hello and welcome back to The Latecomers. I'm Amity. I am Lemuel. And this week I'm going to hit my vape while Lemuel leads us through this discussion of a movie that I don't want to talk about. We're going to discuss Fatal Attraction and we're going to make it fun somehow. Uh, Before we get started... How was your week? My I celebrated Father's Day. It was Father's Day this week. Not and in the week where this drops. This is Happy Independence Day week. Right. But in the world that we're in, Father's Day. It it was a really fun weekend. I can't remember most of it. He came home drunk and on I, Saturday. I came home with uh, a mysterious takeaway box. I had no idea what was in it. For a while. It was cannoli, everyone. I'd never had cannoli before. And then I remembered that the day before I helped rescue a dog. I remember that Sunday. You remembered it on Sunday. Yeah, you said you needed to check up on the dog, and we both were like, what? And you're like, I didn't tell you about the dog? No, you didn't, and sir, because out, you were drunk. has been reunited with its owner, so that was lovely. Yay, his owner wasn't I dead got, in I love. I got a, a call back. Um, or her that. owner. Good. I'm her glad. Owner. I'm very glad. So, yes, all of that, all's well that ends well. Um, I wish I could take more credit for it, but being that I can't remember most of what happened other than somewhere I bought cannoli and I rescued a dog. That's all that comes to mind. You took a dog to a rescue. Right. I, the dog was fine. Well, the it dog wasn't, wasn't like it fun. was... It was wandering up and down the street, um, weaving between cars that were passing by. Oh, that's by. not ideal. Okay, I and, didn't realize that. And this is over by 6th Street, and um, and so the question became, well, who belonged to the dog? Because the dog is just wandering around trying desperately to get your attention. Right. And it was very much... I, I thought it was... At first, maybe in my condition, I thought it was kind of funny. It's like it's literally trying to lead us back to... It's lassieing, because right. something was wrong with its back owner. Back to its... Um, or it couldn't find its RV owner. RV, and it couldn't yeah. find its owner, and the, 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 the condition of the RV was such that the windows were open, and uh, the doors were locked, though. I didn't see anybody lying out in the bed, or okay. things like that. I was really concerned. And there was an animal shelter two blocks away, so the dog was compliant enough to where I... Somebody brought me a leash. I put it on the dog and walked it over oh, to the shelter. Somebody brought you a leash. Who just has a spare leash? Oh, no, it wasn't. It was a, one of the people who was... Because a number of the, of people in that neighborhood were just really concerned about oh, okay. the dog. Because they knew the dog and they knew well, the dog's why didn't owner. they do anything about um, it? Because... They it, needed a hero to step forth. a simple forth. man, yes. <laughs> <laughs> a simple man who likes animals. And who this dog seemed to be very fond of. It came right up to me, so... Aww. We love a German Shepherd. Yes. I like okay. German Shepherds. Let's talk about this movie. It's called Fatal Attraction. It came out in 1987, and it stars Michael Douglas and Glenn Close and Ann Archer. And it's a movie. <laughs> now, what is your, just before we get started, what is your objection to this film? I'm very tired of... It's sort of a melange of things that this movie doesn't necessarily epitomize. Mm -hmm. Um, Sort of the the tyranny of monogamy. um, The if he cheats, that's what he gets mentality that some people have when they watch it. See our roommate. Um, 
also she was like your wife is so much prettier than her and i'm like that's not what cheating is about right. <laughs> like and the fundamental sort of lack of understanding as to why people step out on their relationships um and just this i find glenn close's character to be so two-dimensional and as to be unbelievable mm -hmm. and so this whole movie just sort of falls apart for me this is going to be a very interesting uh -oh, conversation. Oh, you're going to tell me how I'm wrong? I no. can't wait. <laughs> Please so, mansplain to me why I'm wrong about this. I, no, I'm joking. I'm, I'm joking. Not mansplaining, explaining. I just happen to be a man. And quite an example of one, I should say. Erotomania. Do you know what that is? Uh, no. I mean, I could guess from the parts of it. Right. <laughs> so the the... General meaning of erotomania is excessive sexual desire. However, as a psychological term, it means when a person becomes fixated with another person and the, the idea that that person desires them above all things. And generally, it's done across stations, which is not the case in this film. So, like, up, up, right, up, the social uh, standing. Okay, gotcha. So you. and so, my boss is really in love with me. Oh my god, he's really in love. Did you see the signal he sent me? That kind of thing. Okay. This happens yeah. between students and teachers sometimes, right. and and unfortunately, so that's really kind of what this film was supposed to be about. Here's here's where that would work for me. Okay. If instead of following Michael Douglas's character, we followed Alex for or Glenn Close's exactly. character. Show me that she's a real person, mm -hmm. and this is a thing that she has either struggled with in the past or that is striking her as new, and she knows that she's out of control. So, but instead, she's just like this harpy that comes into this perfect family's life, and I'm like, no, 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 <laughs> not that's so not. So, I'm going to describe the plot of a film to you very briefly, in a okay. few sentences. Hold on, we gotta wait until the race goes by. <laughs> There is a DJ who lives in Monterey. <laughs> I know the movie that you're right. <laughs> I, I know. I can he name is, that movie in that much. <laughs> he is a notorious womanizer. He has broken up with his really lovely young girlfriend because he's a womanizer and he can't settle in. He takes radio requests from one of his fans who yes. then later meets with him, sleeps with him because he sleeps around a lot casually. That's fine. Well, and because then, he's an adult and can do what he wants. This wives. person gets an erotomanic fixation right. on him. Yes. To the point where she winds up violently pursuing him, yes. hounding him, killing his people around him. It's a really... I saw that film when I was way too young. It's play Misty for me, everybody, and, in right. case you're lost. It's play yeah. Misty for me. <laughs> the difference between that film and this film mm -hmm. is... There's a couple of reasons. Clint Eastwood. Uh, yeah. Well, Clint Eastwood <laughs> directed... That was his first one that he directed. Really? Yes. His very he first is, movie. Here's... Here's the uh -huh. truth. I would rather him direct movies and stay out of them mm -hmm. forever. I think he's a good director. I don't necessarily need to see him on screen. Anyways, go ahead. So what else? What's different? There's a couple of differences. He directed the film. He liked the property. That was written by a woman. Oh, yeah. Right. Okay. And that was with the full knowledge going into it that Jessica Walters' really scary character, Evelyn, yeah. was psychotic. And you were aware from the beginning that she was psychotic. Like there's he something wrong with her. And we see that there's right. something wrong with her separate from mm -hmm. the man. The difference 
this film was based on a short. Yeah. That was done by. Uh, it was written by. It's a, a man with a remarkable pedigree, right? Uh, James Drudden. Okay. And his father was Basil Drudden, the famous English director. His mother was Miss Melissa Stribling, who everyone who likes Hammer films will recognize as uh, Mina okay. in uh, the very first horror of Dracula film with Christopher Lee. Um, Interesting. Okay. So he wrote, did a short film about Called a man a diversion. who has, right, man who has an affair with a woman, and it just goes completely wrong. And that also, got, diversion is a such a much better title than fatal attraction. Right. Fatal attraction really is like really putting it all on front street. <laughs> well, yes, the film it helps to remember this film had a completely different ending, which we'll discuss. The, when we get the there. diversion film did. Well, the diversion okay. film, but so did fatal attraction. Oh, really? And that the difference in the film was what Glenn Close fought a lot about during the, the end of the film when it had to be reshot. Okay. Because originally, test audiences hated the ending. Oh, interesting. Because they felt that they needed a cathartic ending. And the ending that Adrian Lin, the director, who was chosen specifically because he had no fear of erotic subjects at yeah, all. Yeah, right. He, he was an erotic thriller. Yeah. Which yeah. was one of the more, still one of the more erotic and I, I've never seen films that movie. ever. Yeah. And that's also a film about erotomania, only it's two people fixating on each other. On each other. Yeah. Right? That makes sense. Yeah. But um, the director and Michael Douglas originally, but then conceded eventually because he was also producing this film, going, we can't, if the audience hates it, we're going to lose all of our money. So and Glenn Close it. already had a problem with it. Right. She okay. did. She had a problem with reaching She was it like, this is. Because her issue was. Alex Forrester? Forrest. Forrest is not psychotic. No, she has a perfect... She's got a no. job. She's and like, we never prepared the audience for, like Jessica Walters, from the jump, you know something's wrong with her and play Misty for me. This character is not psychotic. She had done some research, and there's all sorts of dangling ends in this film that we'll address as we go along, yeah. where things were just left open and made perfect sense in the final cut of the original film which included that she was a victim of sexual abuse from her father. Yeah, that feels right. Who, who comes into it. Um, and the the whole Madame Butterfly thing, which is just left dangling for some reason yeah. in the film, that all made came to a conclusion in the original film. You know why? Because they, they, don't, they don't trust that the audience has a knowledge of that Right, but at the same time, it was also the audience, the test audience, who were just like, well, wait, I don't like this ending. And it has to be changed. And, and I, the, I want you to tell me what the ending right, is. So I mean, tell me now. The end. Well, why don't we get to it? Uh, okay, because it's okay. going to be an hour, and I want to know now. No, so we start with uh, Daniel uh, Gallagher. He's a married lawyer from Manhattan. Yeah, let's start with him. Let's start with Michael right. Douglas. Actually, let me just say something about Michael Douglas. Sure. Another okay. sort of issue I have with the film, and it's a person. This is a personal problem. Hmm. If Michael Douglas is trying to play sexy, I am icked out. He is not. He, he is. He is not. Um, you know, <laughs> to me. To me. Uh, to me. Let me be clear. He's got a beautiful well, wife. He's definitely had a, a, a number of women. And 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 realistically, if he's not trying to be sexy, I'm into it. Like uh, in an American president, uh, I fucking love him. But in this, I'm just like, Ugh. okay. Um, before this, he had done any. This is the beginning of. The erotic thriller component of his career. Yeah. This is the very first one he did before, Basic Instinct and other films right. like that. Um, so 
he, as, as a matter of fact, he stopped doing those kind of movies because of the jokes, which are, you know, this whole film has no plot of Michael Douglas keeps his pants on. And that began getting around. He's like, okay, that was enough of that. It's that not was, wrong. That was done. We've made lots of money that way. Let's go on and do other kinds of movies. Which is why he wound up doing things like An American President. Right. Right. Which is so... I, seriously, one of my favorite movies of all yeah. time. I've seen it so many times. I love it, love it. But uh, remember, he was producing this film as well. He had been a producer for a while. He produced One but Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. He's famous enough now that mm. and, and has the money and the pedigree. Right. That, yeah, why wouldn't he produce every movie that he's in? That's right. where the money is, and that's where the Academy Award comes from, if you win right. Best but Picture. Right, before that, he was producing <laughs> films that he wasn't in. That he wasn't in. in. Also, where the, that's where the Academy Award yes. comes in, if you <laughs> If he wins Best Picture. So, so one flew over the cuckoo's nest, for instance. He, he uh, He's playing a lawyer in this film. Yeah. He is... Um, he He's going to an event. He meets Alex Forrest. He's going to an event with his wife, I think. Was it his event or her event? It was a publisher's event. It was a pu- okay, so it was his, one of his clients. Or one event, of his clients. Right? Um, and... We meet him and his friends, and he meets this woman at the bar. Yeah. And they have some sort of communication that works really well for, like... Yeah, they, 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 vibe, they vibe on each other, for sure. They definitely, they... He, he doesn't hit on her, and mm-hmm. she doesn't hit on him. Right. But there is a banter there, for sure. Right. Um, But then he goes home with his wife. Right. And, he goes, and she knows at this point that he has a wife. Right, she's completely aware of who that is Ann Archer and who's right. lovely in this movie. She's lovely all the time, um, but she plays more a tyranny role in this movie where she just gets gets cheated on, and 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 that is that's it. That's her personality. She's the pretty nice wife that gets cheated on. Okay, there's not anything right. else to her, is there? Um. Mm, I wouldn't say so. In this movie, in they this, don't give her right. much to do. And Except she's, for the climactic scene, again, which yes, is part of what the audience wanted, was to see her step forward and do something. So, yes, because the per- the person she should have a problem with is the person that her husband cheated on her with, not the well, man that, that, that actually that, made the vows to her. That, that person is trying to kill her. Yeah, no, and fair. Has, has kidnapped her daughter at one point in the film. That's true. We'll see yeah, no, that's where so that's she becomes, where she crossed the line. For she me. becomes the uh, like the fierce mother protector yeah. of her family, and yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. audiences resi- uh, Yeah, that's liked. true. But so, he and she ends up hugging her husband at the end, and I'm like, yo, still have some issues that you need to work out. Anyway, so uh, his wife is Beth. His daughter is. Uh, Ellen. Ellen. She's and, so cute. <laughs> yeah, and they live this very sort of idyllic kind of New York Manhattan lifestyle, but they want to move out to the country. Yeah. Right? He's and they already live, now. I think, a little bit out of the city, and they want to uh-huh. move, but they want to move, like, right. upstate. And they may have gone to Connecticut. Like, they either <laughs> went upstate or to Connecticut. Like, they did a, I'm going to go buy a big house with a big lawn. They want to join the Bridge and Tunnel crowd. Yes. Um, which a lot of people in Manhattan do because it's... Although that's usually referred to, used to refer to Jersey. Right. And, like, Queens and the Bronx, like, the the non-Manhattan parts of New York. That was the funniest part about my visit to Manhattan when I was there. 
walking halfway across the Brooklyn Bridge and then having my guy just say, there's nothing to see in Brooklyn, everything is in Manhattan, and then turning right back around and going back to the island. And I'm That's like, not true. Any- I might have been true then. discussing it with other people, like we kept visiting, oh, where are you from, California? Where, where are you visiting? Well, I was thinking of going to, because there was, at the time, they just opened this enormous, uh, like these gardens in the Bronx. And the minute I would say that, I'm thinking of going there tomorrow. Why the hell would you go to the Bronx? Everything is in Manhattan. And it was, there were people I spoke to who were in their, maybe their late 20s, who had never left this. Washington Heights or wherever they were from. And it's like, what, seven miles or something? It's just weird. I walked across it one day thinking, wait, that's the whole thing. That's the whole thing. Some people live their whole lives there and never leave. That was crazy. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's it is interesting. So, um, Alex and uh, Dan meet again. Yeah, and that's how we. That's when we know he's a lawyer. Like they're just at a soiree. You don't mm. know what anybody does. Right. And then he runs into her. He's at a publishing company meeting, and she comes in. Mm-hmm. Um, she's one of the editors at this publishing company. So now they are. Co-workers, not really though. Mm-hmm. Just call. I call. You could use the word colleague. I guess. Right. Yeah. And there's a sort of a, a plot that gets kind of dropped there. Not dropped because it basically is given the, the background about uh, plagiarizing an actual living person for their work and stuff like that. And that was interesting to me. But that's all we hear about it. Effectively, he's representing a person who took uh, a person, or rather. He's representing an author who took an actual person's life story yeah. and adapted it for his novel. Yeah. And that person's like, wait, I recognize myself. Yeah. And it's there's going back and forth. I really want to know what happened to that. Yeah. No, that's a that, really is a, that is a weird hanging thing. But, but what they do say is... Mm-hmm. This senator in the book did some heinous shit. Right. And and she comes in and says, um, he, th- my my source or mm-hmm. like or my author says. It's not based on anyone in particular, but there are multiple who could fit this thing. And so are you going to out? That's the other thing. There's a little bit of a bluff calling, right? Hey, Senator, are you going to call yourself out? Are you going to out your bad behavior in order to get whatever you want out of this book? Or like from this this book or from this publisher or, or, you know, whatever it is. Like just... Well, it reminded me of, uh, and that's why I wanted to see the, uh, the um, what the uh, the end result was, because it reminded me of um, Shirley MacLaine's book, where she her biography, where she talked about having mm. an affair with the leading British politician, and that immediately started everyone going, "Who's the politician? Is it this person? Is it that person?" Right, but in that married. case. Right. That's th- this is supposed mm-hmm. to be a novel. In right. that case, it was an autobiography. So then you can kind and of go. The, but everyone began backtracking, and she's like, "Oh no, no, it's a composite." And and so <laughs> I slept with nine of them, <laughs> right. try and figure it out. And then there was one politician who was like, "Well, I would have really loved to have had an affair with Shirley MacLaine. She's one of my favorite actresses." However, I uh, no, me. my wife wouldn't look on that kind. <laughs> Speaking of uh, well, which. you know what I keep seeing is Elliot Page has uh, written this book, right? Which I'm kind of interested to read, but I keep reading the headlines of who they were making out with and and having sex with at various right. points. And I'm like, did you get the okay from all of these women to be like 
put putting their business. I hope right that that they're cool with it. But it's like you know, me and Elizabeth Thoroughby on the set of Juno were making uh-huh. out constantly, and it's like, well, you basically just outed her. If you if she didn't know you were a trans man, mm-hmm. you have outed her. <laughs> <laughs> and are you, is she, although she might be out, I don't, I actually don't know, but there's like six or seven of those headlines that I've seen, and I'm like, is there, first of all, is there anybody in Hollywood that you haven't gotten with, because <laughs> damn, good on you, I guess, but also like, did you ask them? <laughs> you never can tell, I guess, I don't know, and it, well, anyhow, so, after they have their meeting, uh, she impresses him, he impresses her, they meet. For dinner, right? Oh, yeah, because they, they, well, they don't meet for dinner. There's like a downpour of rain and they can't right. get a taxi, so they say, oh, you want to go. And he has a cheap umbrella. A he has a shitty umbrella. A She's got a real good umbrella. kind of Walmart umbrella. And then they run, They say, you know, do you want to mm. get a drink until this, this passes over? Right. And, and that's fine, and they go do that. But when we when we cut to them, then they've had dinner, so it's been So what happens a bit. is this conversation between the two characters where she makes it very clear what she's offering. He makes it very clear to his mind that this we're taking advantage of an opportunity, right? His wife is out of town. His daughter is out of town with his wife. They're going upstate to go take a look at this house that they bought. Um, and so he takes advantage of that opportunity, and he spends a night with her. Um, more like... It's, it's actually two nights. Like right, well, it's like Friday night, because the, and then she he leaves, right? And then she calls him and wants to spend the right, day with which him. Which is what I was going to address, yeah. which is that she the first sign that she might be way attached to him is the way that she hounds him for that second evening. Yeah, and it it also belies because they have a conversation previous to this that mm-hmm. is like, "Are you discreet?" Right, exactly. And he says, "I am." And she says, so am I. Right. And then immediately, she is not. <laughs> like, well, yes. immediately. I have to say that even after all this time, watching two major movie stars reenacting these sex scenes was kind of surprising still. Because it's very intimate. I was looking at some um, conversations with Michael Douglas and Glenn Close today. Uh, in preparation for the podcast, and they were discussing how they, a lot of the stuff that happens in those scenes was basically them cracking up all the time because it was ridiculous, the amount of intimacy they had to have. Yeah. So there's a scene where... And this is 87. There was no intimacy coordinators. People were not doing scenes like this in movies. That's why they pulled Adrian Lin in, because his... uh, his he was doing scenes right. like this in movies. But the whole... I, they improvised a lot of it. The, at one point, she has her legs wrapped around him, and they're sitting in a sink, and she turns on the faucet and splashing water all over him. And that was her kind of goofing off a little bit, as was him trying to lift her and carry her to the bed with his pants around his ankles. That was him, too, just, like, trying to bring... He said some levity, because it was... He could tell, even with the preview audiences, yeah. that some of the scenes were making people uncomfortable, and he knew that in advance, going, okay, maybe if we lighten it up and just do silly, awkward things that make it look like these are just two normal people who are... Yeah. You and know. because 
The first time was at somebody, any, any, right. any somebody, whether you've known them for 10 minutes or 10 years, is awkward as fuck. <laughs> Nobody knows where anything is. <laughs> right. It's, it's a mess. It's a lot of it, it was improvised. They worked it out between the two of them, and it was, a lot of it was meant to, okay, we're pushing boundaries here because they were nude a lot of the time. Yeah. So it's like, okay, let's just try to make this kind of funny and sort of there awkward and realistic. There is a thing where they are talking later. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think not the next time, but the time after. Right. When he wants to go and she's pissed off. Where there was a bad edit because when you saw her from one side, her, you know, the, the, mm. the bed sheet was pulled up right. like she's wearing a dress. But from the other side... It's her her chest is out like she's just topless, and I like that. I like I prefer that because I'm like, yeah, who is pulling up, <laughs> pulling up the bed? Who's pulling up the bed sheet? Like, I need I need I like more truth than right. that. <laughs> and generally, the film goes goes yes. And me. from one angle, it did, right. but from the other angle, it, it didn't. It goes for a lot of that kind of feeling to it. Yeah, uh, but she. He tries to, uh, and here Michael Douglas is actually acting really well, because he does get this sort of guilt and this kind of, when he goes back to his apartment for the first, or his, for the first time his office, and you can tell he looks like he's done something wrong and he's trying desperately to get through work, and then she calls him, and he's he also is like disturbingly good at covering, right, right, like he goes he gets in the bed. Mm-hmm. And rolls around. So it looks like he was there. So it looks and... like he was there. He gives the food that she left for him to the right. dog. So it's gone, even though he wasn't there to eat it. Yeah, like, he's... It's it's a pretty good cover. He takes a very long shower. Good choice. Good choice. <laughs> um, but she also... she The way that she... And this is where it begins to get uncomfortable, because... She is manipula- manipulating him to go back to her place. Yes. And then he goes back a second time, but then they seem to have a good time. They're running around in the park. That's the thing. Like, dog. The, the, the plot summary is like, he reluctantly goes back or whatever. Right. And I'm like, not no, really. No, no, no. At actually... first, he's like, I probably shouldn't. Right. But as soon as they're together, he's there. Right. He's, he's in it. And this is the first time we hear about her father because. He fakes having a heart attack as a practical joke, and then okay. she blows up at him. Yeah, and she's says that like, her father died of a heart attack. That's a terrible thing to do. My father died of a heart attack. And then she says, no, he didn't. Then, and then she we... bursts out laughing, and it's right. like, your face, you did it. And I'm like, that's bad taste, but also so is what he did. Right. And I'm like, it's basically on par. Right. And then later on, as he breaks into her apartment, you find out he did die of a heart attack. So what? Yeah. She's kind of a fantasist in that respect. But, um, so, one of the things that comes up here is Madame Butterfly. Yeah. And the fact that um, it's his favorite opera, and it's her favorite opera, too. Yeah. they he um, While they're making dinner, he, mm-hmm. he plays it, and they talk about it. Right. And the, the last scene is of this character committing suicide when she believes that her love has abandoned her. Yeah. That's the way the Madame Butterfly ends. Okay. And that becomes important later on. Well, it kind of becomes important right, right now because after the second night they're together, he tries to leave. She freaks out and goes in the bathroom and cuts her wrists. Right. Now, she doesn't cut her wrists to the point of suicide. No. It's very clearly a cry for help. 
It's very shallow. It's very close to the hand, mm-hmm. like the the bottom of her palm. Um, you know, she bleeds certainly, but there's that would have that would have. It's not surgery needing, right? It's not. No, he doesn't. It probably he, wouldn't even have required stitches. Right? He winds up binding not. up her arms. Yeah, and then he just ties her, her up and then puts her to bed and stays with her all night. Right. Doesn't sleep. Doesn't get in the bed and sleep with her. Mm-hmm. Like stays awake all night. Right. And then leaves in the morning. Um, and she's calmer at that point. Yeah. But, yeah, it's very clear. And I I wonder, I kind of want to know if he knew it was a cry for help. He seems to... Or, like, like not even a cry for help. It was a... It was a, it was a cry for attention. Right. That's true, yes. It wasn't a... It, she says... I might as well kill myself or whatever if you leave or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, like, she puts that on him, but that's not what she actively did. What she actively did was look at me, look at me, look at me. Because right. um, she she didn't do an, any real damage to herself. No. Yeah. But the next day she calls and apologizes to him. He thinks it's over with. He goes back to his family and he... He does believe, like on some level, that this is no longer going to be. It's done. I, I, right. I had a, I had a weekend where I made bad choices, but we're buying this house and we're moving, moving past it. But she shows <laughs> up at his office, uh, offers him a ticket to Madame Butterfly. Yeah, and says I'm going on Thursday. I'd like you to go with me, and he's like, Ooh, no. And then he tells the secretary, "Well, we, I, I'm not going to receive any more calls from this person, and not to allow them in." So she starts calling him in the middle of the night. The house. Right, his, his house. house. Line, which he knew that first day mm-hmm. that she had his number because he had gone home, like he had left her while she was still asleep to go home. The very first, right after the very first time they were together. And she called his house. And he looks, he's like, how, the, how does she have my number? Because he didn't give her his phone number. Um... And she never, he never chases that down either. He never goes, so how'd you get my home number? Right. <laughs> like, uh, he's a lawyer. It's probably unlisted. Yeah, I, I'm not sure if that was... <laughs> I'm sure she got it from work. She got right. it from someone at work. Or she could have gotten it from him, and he really did think that somehow this was over, and it was the, the understanding was we're going to be discreet. No, because I think that weekend. very first day when he answers the phone, he picks it up, mm-hmm. and he thinks it's going to be his wife calling, Right. and it's her. He has a look on his face like, how the fuck That's did right, you get my number? He, she calls him. <laughs> yeah. It was at his office, I think. Um, maybe. When she calls him to come visit, when she kind of says, you know, the, the second night they spent together. No, it's at home. It's at his house. Because he's gone home. Because it's like Friday night to Saturday. And then it's like Saturday to Sunday. And then Sunday is when the kids come home. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, he he goes home. um, And he's cleaning up or whatever. And she calls. And then he goes out. Or maybe it's like Saturday to Sunday even. Because um, he comes home the, the second day and has to like... Put on his suit. That's when he puts on his suit and rolls around in his bed. But that's mm. he's been gone for two nights at that point. Um, and now now he's cleaning up and feeding the dog spaghetti and all that stuff. Well, so she calls him later, mm-hmm. um, insists on meeting. Yeah. He meets her. She tells him that she is pregnant. Yes. As a result of their union. 
he at first starts being apologetic, saying, you know, I'm sorry this happened, and he wants to pay for... Pay for the abortion. And she's like, no, she's going to keep the baby. And yeah. her, her whole logic is, first of all, she goes, um, that, or she tells him that uh, this might be her last chance to have a yeah, baby. Yeah, she says, I'm 37, this might be the only time I could have right. a baby. And oh, this might be my last chance. She wants him to take responsibility for the baby, but he's insisting... But you're the one who wants to have the baby. I'm not. Don't I get a say in this? Right. And and in in that case, actually, it's interesting, um, because I think fundamentally she gets to choose whether she keeps it or not, and right. he gets to choose whether he's involved. He doesn't get to choose whether he is financially responsible. Which though. is what she she wants to do. This she story. wants to have him like involved right. in the baby's life, and she, they're not even talking about money. Um, but the only obligation that he has, really, uh-huh. it, like it, morally, anything else, is financially. He's definitely responsible financially, but yeah, no, I'm not going to be in this baby's life because I'm going to be paying you through a secret account that my wife doesn't know about. <laughs> like, no. I'm right. not coming to birthday parties. What are you talking so about? He changes... uh, remember when we said we were discreet? Right. <laughs> so she changes, or he changes his home phone number. Because he also, like, every time his wife answers, she just sort of is silent on the phone and then right. hangs up and his wife is getting like freaked out by it. Right, exactly. Yeah. And so the end result being that when he comes home one day, Alex is there talking to his wife because yeah. they have to sell the old They're place selling their apartment yeah. to move into the new. And Alex is there and gets the phone number from his wife. The new the new number. Right. Yeah. So the look on his face to um, when he sees Alex sitting there talking to his wife, it's really that that that's a great piece of acting too yeah. because he's like, oh, holy shit, this yep. woman. And then he gets like murderous because he goes to her house and is like, if you ever fucking come here, my wife, I'm gonna fucking kill you. <laughs> and then she says her famous line, "I won't be ignored. I will not be ignored." Right. Yeah. So, yeah. He he goes on. And there's a, a weirdly staged fight that happens. Um, yeah, it was interesting as we were watching it. I was like, this fight makes me feel better about Michael Douglas because it's clear he can't hit a woman. Right. He's like terrible at fighting with women. Like he just doesn't know what he's doing at all, which makes me think he's never fought a woman, which right. makes me feel pretty good about him in comparison to, I don't know, his dad, for instance. So Dan relocates his family to Bedford, right? But- yeah. Alex is still pursuing him. She leaves a, a, a tape recording of herself full of all sorts of verbal abuse, making accusations. Yeah, it's wild. It's like this. That is, to me, the most unhinged thing. I mean, beyond right. the, outside of the murder and stuff, um, or the attempted murder and the, the bunny killing, um, is that tape Right. is just so taxi driver almost to me right like that was the vibe <laughs> like, that, and she also pours acid the, on his car she does yeah just straight up acid too yeah and we see her she lurks right. she lurks in the parking garage she lurks on the drive not not the like the street outside of where they live like the house is big and set set away from the street but we see her car patrolling the area he starts taking steps and this is the, the part of the film that i felt 
worked best, which is he does all the logical things at this point. Except one. Which is... Tell his fucking wife. Well, not yet. He does eventually, but... <laughs> he, he does eventually because he can't Telling not. his friend, right? Yeah. Who's uh, Jimmy. Yeah. Is he another lawyer? Yeah. Yeah. He's played by Stuart Pinkin. Who just I love laughing. him. He's really funny. <laughs> uh, he tells him, and there's good acting there, too. The scene where he whispers to him about what Yeah, they're, like, done. in the library. In, like, the... Right. Well, you like... And the look on his face, like... Like, I joked about hitting that, and then right. you actually went and did it. You're a fucking idiot. <laughs> right, exactly. And there's also this sort of expression of disappointment yeah. on Jimmy's face about the choice that he made. Yeah. So, he... Applies for a restraining order. He um, he doesn't want to reveal who is his client. He goes like he's approaching it for a third party. Which is wild, because I don't think you can get a restraining order from for someone who... You can't put the name on the restraining order, because that renders that document moot. Right. You can't go near... You know who... That's not how any of this works. <laughs> but he himself is being stalked at this point by Alex, who yes. shows up outside of his place at night, looking through the windows, yeah. seeing the happy family that she believes that she's... Which de- makes her not. literally vomit. Right. <laughs> Which is why. I was like, maybe she is really pregnant. <laughs> oh, we never know, by the right. way. We never find out. We never find out if she's actually pregnant. So, now the Gallagher's are living in upstate New York. Um, let's see. I'm they sorry. get they find their daughter has wanted a rabbit forever and ever, right. and so he gets her a rabbit. the The day that he buys it is the day that his um car gets acid, co- like covered in acid, and so he's home late that night. Mm-hmm. But he gives the bunny to his daughter, and then the family goes out of town for a little while or away for the day, and when they get back, there's a pot on the. Dove. With a boiled rabbit. And inside. Ellen has runs out to the hutch to find the rabbit, and she starts yelling that the rabbit is gone, and then Ann Archer starts screaming because she fa- she found it. It's the most famous thing about this movie, right, probably. I did not know that because of the influence of this film in England, if a woman has become unduly attached to a, a man... Uh, in they a way call that's, her a rabbit boiler. They call her a bunny boiler. Bunny boiler. Yeah, some, I, I'd heard something like that before. Right. Y'all, this is part of my problem with this movie. <laughs> so what he does now, realizing that they're in genuine danger. Yeah. He confesses to his wife Beth, and Beth does the the thing which you should do, which is she kicks him the hell out of the house. Yeah. And. Um, and so she, she's now, he's, I guess in Manhattan again. Yeah. He's probably staying. He may, they may, I don't think they've sold the apartment yet. He may be at his old apartment, but he goes to visit Alex. But well, he called, he also tells Alex, look, your first, uh no. Yeah. He goes to visit Alex after she does her shenanigans with with their baby. But he tells her, look, I've already told my wife, so you have nothing. And yeah, you can't lord anything over me. That seems to infuriate Alex because she had something hanging over him. I'll right. tell your wife, I'll tell your wife. Right. And now that's gone. Yeah. She no longer can make that threat. 
So it moves her to a more extreme kind that's of... That's the other thing. That's a, that's a weird logic thing, too, mm-hmm. right? So I'm threatening to tell your wife, so you're going to do what I want you to do. The thing I want you to do is be involved in my baby's life. How are those two things... There's no way he can do that right. and have his wife not know what's happening. Right, exactly. So you can't have it both ways. I don't ways. know if the idea was in her mind that she is going to eventually win him over from his wife. Maybe. I don't By know. By the time right. the baby is born, you, she won't even be a concern anymore. Right. And so sh- this shift will have happened. But yeah, no, I don't know. Maybe. I, that seems... <sighs> so yeah, so... I, just, She's a 37-year-old woman. It's like she's never had sex before. I think the thing (laughs) is that she's an extremely damaged 37-year-old woman. Sure. And maybe Um, she hasn't ever had voluntary sex before, but I doubt it. She was very... She she knew what she was doing. She was very active. Um, Not that that indicates anything, but... Like, you slept with this man two times. Mm Mm-hmm. And you are so overcome that this is where like it's just I'm sorry maybe it's the man too maybe I'm just like "Mm, I don't think that was that sex was that good it's not just the notion of the man I think I think it's also a notion of what he represents because he's another professional in her field and he's somebody who she can she feels like some sort of parody with I think Maybe, and but so, she's also in a heavily male-dominated industry, right. so it's not like no, there but are. It might be. Well, see, again, I'm making up excuses. Yeah, for well, that's the I just want more. Right. I want more information okay. so that I can buy so what has happened. What Alex does at this point is, or, or rather, Beth shows up at her kid's school. Yeah. Um, finds out that because it's 1987 and the way that things used to be, I was discussing yeah. this with our roommate. Yeah, some adult picked up the kid and kid's gone. <laughs> right, she's not what? here. The kid, I thought you. No, I thought you were watching the, that kind of bullshit. Yeah, it and was. So, I was like, ooh, this school. Right, <laughs> Alex is. And there's a kind of a, a joke that's laid in early, which is when they're reviewing the house. Yeah, Alex and Beth. Uh, excuse me, Alex and Beth. Beth and Dan, yeah, uh, the woman who's showing them the house, the real estate agent, says, oh, and there's a great school. My children went to school there. Oh, yeah, Meanwhile, that's interesting. <laughs> her kid just They're gets, not keeping that close an eye on your right. kids. Gets yeah. taken out and goes to an amusement park. Yeah. She's out there spending the day with it. And I can imagine it would be really easy because she obviously knows the mom through passing and the dad well enough to say, oh, this is your dad's uh, Yeah, I know your, your parent, name. right. Yeah. Your dad works here. Your mom works here. Yeah. That kind of thing. Right? And probably I'm a friend of your dad's. Right, exactly. But Or she, I work with your dad. She has all the details to make yeah, to sell to, that. To sell that for sure. Right? She's not just a stranger. And she's a woman too, which yeah, is Yeah, and Ellen's not a dumb kid. She's really cute. Right. I love the at, little actress that they got. Um and the fact that she looks like me when I was little, just like a little boy. Just like real short hair, grubby clothes, wants wants a pet bunny. I mean, she's my favorite. <laughs> Uh, and like I said, she's not stupid, but right. she, and she is like, uh, I want to go home. And she they right. Alex doesn't do anything to her. Buy her some ice cream. But she gets voluntarily gets a kiss. Yeah, well, because if she's gonna get him, she yeah. knows that he, the daughter comes with her right. with him. Like I think that the only person she has a problem with is wife. Right. Because that's the position she wants. I'll and, be your mom. Right. 
So and that's I wonder if fine. That was because she wasn't. That, that's again. Is that is she? We don't she know. Pregnant? We don't know. So that leads for Beth to go nuts. She's now driving around trying to find her kid. She gets into an accident. She does. Yeah. And that's kind of where the beginnings of a reconciliation happen between the two of them. Yeah. And it's based on partly on the fact that. And there's a great moment when he when uh, Dan comes into the hospital room and. I think her her mom or her dad is sitting with Beth. It's, I think he, it's her dad. And just gives him this look like, oh, you piece of... You know, <laughs> yep, like, and he's just like, yep, I, that's he's me. not even going to argue. I'm not he's gonna like, yep, you. that's what I am. Piece of shit, that's what I am. <laughs> Absolutely. But it comes to the idea, I think there's, um, he feels genuinely really like repentant. That's the sense yes. I get. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is, well, it's come to this now it, with my family. It, it, and it's also like, Men cheat all the time. Women cheat too. People mm-hmm. cheat all the time. And this is not the outcome. This right. is, like, I step out once, and this, although we don't even know that. Right. Because he did it, and he didn't seem to have that big of a problem with it. I didn't hear a, I've never done this before, come out of his mouth once. Right. So we don't know yeah, we that don't. this is the first time that it's really devolved into this. I'd kind of like to know that too. Hey, movie, I kind of like to know a lot more stuff. <laughs> yeah um yeah and this is when he goes and confronts alex because you mess with my daughter my wife's in the hospital right this needs to end at this point because now that alex has escalated to kidnapping now the police are interested right he has to make a clean breast of it to everyone yeah no he's got to out his whole thing i i messed up Mm -hmm. But this is a unproportional response. Disproportionate. He then comes the final scene, which yeah. is um, well. He go. We should say he goes to her house and right. he strangles her. He well, almost yeah. kills her. Yes, but doesn't. And then he leaves, and he's like, "If I ever see you again, I'll kill you. And if you ever come near my family again, I'll kill you." So that is the note that they're left on. Now so comes the final the, scene. Um, the final scene in this version of the film is Alex shows up while Beth is trying to get into the bath. Yeah, and it's pretty recent to the... Like, she's still got marks on her face from right. the accident. She also has a cast, which saves her life. That's right, that's right. And uh, she's getting ready for her bath. And Dan is really kind of doing the most. He's to doing to, the most. He's like, what can, I help, what can I get for I'm you? So he gets you some tea. I will some put the tea, tea table we'll on. We'll run you a bath. We'll do the whole thing. Yeah. Right. I will, I will mock Whatever you, you want me to do, right. I'm doing. <laughs> mea culpa, mea culpa, yeah. mea maxima culpa. Because I... Right, that's it. He did, there's no What I did it. was wrong, but what the consequences for, there from it, it on you... Right. It's so much worse than anything that I... Mm-hmm. thought was going to happen. Right. Um, and this is when getting into the bath, bath it, it turns into a full-on horror film. Yeah. Beth yes. is wiping and down the And I mirror. thought that this part went on much longer than mm-hmm. it actually does. Like, we paused the movie and there was only ten minutes left and we weren't here yet. And right. I was just like, oh shit, the end is like quick. Yeah. <laughs> because right. again, this is all this is the, different, this is right? the reshot ending. Okay, so 
The, when does the change start? And, basically, and it happens right after he almost strangles her, okay. and then realizes that he—he's he, not a killer. That's not, not killer. in him. Um, so, do you want the original ending first? Yeah, um, yeah let's do original. Original ending, ending. He goes back home. She makes a threatening phone call, which I believe Beth records. Okay. And then there is, and I've seen the scene. I saw part of it at least today. She sits there, uh, Alex does crunch it, uh, kind of hunkering down in her bathroom. It's very odd. And then she takes the knife that he, the, you know, the knife he took from her in the kitchen when yeah. she tries to stab him. Yes. At one point, he pulls a knife away from her hand. Yeah. That knife has his fingerprints on it. She gets the knife, makes a call complaining that she thinks that he's going to try to kill her because then... of everything. She cuts her own throat while listening to Madame Butterfly. To frame him for her to murder. To frame him for her murder. Because now his shit was all up in there. Because right. he did they, they they fucking right. fought in that scene. And so he the final scenes are him being carried away or taken away by the police. Yeah. Well Beth is trying to figure out if she can get him and it's left ambiguous at the end whether or not she's going to be able to use this evidence of this recorded message to get him out of jail. So it's sort of left up in the air, but right. he really does, in the end, he's being taken away. Yeah. And uh, and they leave that on, right. on, the, and on a weirdly Michael Douglas ending. was like, yeah, I, I saw that original scene. I, I loved it. We all loved it. It was very creepy because she does this sort of little ritual, and then she just cuts her yeah. own throat. And, that's, and a, that's a tough watch, though. It's, yeah, it's done very it, very unflinchingly. You're but just they, didn't, they didn't like that Ann Archer didn't so, get any well, autonomy or... They they did that. Everyone's applauding, right? The original, the cast members, the cat, like the the people who right. made the film, are like, great. That's what that we wanted, is, and that's how well. it ends in the right. in the I believe in short the something short. along those lines. Okay. Um, so what then happens is it gets played for preview audiences, and they are like, they just are leaving stunned. And and Michael Douglas at first was like, oh, this is a really interesting idea. They're leaving stunned, like, wow, this film had an impact. But what they when they filled out their cards afterwards, they're like. But it just felt like a it felt like Ann Archer's character Beth just suffers way too much to no end. Yeah. Even though the ending of that film leaves his fate in her hands. Yeah. Right. But if you saw it that way, think about it this way. Uh, if you saw that original ending, would you feel like her character has been built up enough to? It, leaving it in her hands is going to tell you anything about how she'll no, solve the problem. No, and and a lot of that is also mm -hmm. like I, I don't think that this ending is that like I don't think what she I don't think that the that taking a life uh -huh. isn't a form of trauma right. that now she has to deal with also in okay. addition to everything else. Right. So. The ending of the film, as so that was the original ending of the film, and they're like, no, the the preview audiences hated it. They tried it again. The preview audiences still hated it. So there was a lot of issues with it. Glenn Close is like, I don't want to reshoot an ending. No, um, she was happy with that she ending. Said, I the only way that I could play this person is to find a way to love her, and I did. And now you're turning her right. from. A character that I could understand into a literal monster. Right, you're you're making is, her it's, psycho. It's a monster, film. literally psycho. Well, because not it's just in psycho. It's like psycho. It's it's also like uh, Jason from the first Halloween. That's true. It's, she does know, she keep having plunges like, out of yeah. the water with a knife yeah. after you think she's dead. 
So anyhow, to, to recap that ending, the ending that they shot, that they had to reshoot, uh, Alex corners Beth in the bathroom. Yeah. And it, again, is a full-on horror scene. She wipes down this mirror, and Beth is... And or, Alex, Alex is, is right, right behind, behind her. her. Yeah. Starts trying to stab her. She's defending herself with her cast. Yeah. Um, they start fighting in the bathtub. Uh, and it's really well done in terms of a suspense film, because... At the same time this is happening, and she's screaming for help, Beth is, um, the Dan tea is downstairs, is going the tea off. kettle is just going off, and he's trying to take care of uh, Ellen, I guess that's her name. Yeah, that's her name. And uh, the tea kettle goes off, and the minute the tea kettle, he shuts it off, he hears his wife screaming. And he goes upstairs, yeah, he runs right. upstairs. He, now, we should also say that they, like, maybe 20 minutes before had indicated to you that there is at somewhere in this house in a drawer a gun. Right. We saw them close the and drawer with a gun on it. Something that's a perfectly logical response to having yeah. your child kidnapped and yeah. having her pet boiled. Yeah. So it's not like it's out of the ordinary. It's like, and no. then there's a gun. No. No, no it's perfectly yeah, logical. Yeah, even, honestly, even the most liberal people, I think mm. if I had gone through all of this, maybe oh, I yeah. would get a gun. I would put it in the safe if I had a child. But, but um, uh... <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's a, a struggle. Alex gets drowned. It appears that she's drowned yeah. in the bathtub. Dan has come in and right. he tries to finish what he's basically started with the fight in her apartment. And so when he sees her, and again, he's not a killer. So I think he the idea is that he lets her go because she looks like she's dead. Yeah. And he's kind of horrified by it. And then she springs up out of the water. Very much like Jason or Michael Myers. And yeah. then um, the Michael shoots Myers. her dead. And then, yeah, you, you're like, oh, what's going to happen? And then there's no right. time. And she does. She just shoots her in the middle of her chest. Right. And she falls back into the water. So that was the ending that was shot. It, for some audiences, gave them resolution going, okay, Beth took a course of action she was able to save her family. She was able to rescue them. And but once again, uh, and maybe okay. I'm a freak. Uh-huh. I, I, I. This might just be like me being super un-American. Okay, but what like, does that have to do with it, though? I, un-American the, how? It feels like Americans are like this whole test audience. Our roommate is one who's like, yeah, shoot that bitch, and then and and that's gonna make you feel better. I well, don't feel like I taking don't... someone's life, regardless of whether it is um, in self-defense, defense of your family, defense of anything, think, isn't right. horribly traumatic. But, if it isn't, you're fucking psychopath. I think uh, to our roommate's defense, she also did kidnap the, the child. So I think that was as as a person I, I who hear was a that, mother, but also <laughs> like as a mother that or as a parent that that's like okay, I just don't that's where feel like gets killing somebody is more cathartic than it right. is and I don't traumatic. Being that that, I think it can right. be both, but I think it's more traumatic. I don't think that that ending necessarily is any better. She remembered it as a, like a, something that was shocking to her and surprising when she first saw it. You know her. You yeah. Know, the, the coming up out, of the, out of, the, yeah. of the bathtub. Um, but I think that she would have been equally satisfied with the original ending because that had the courage of his convictions. That's because what she thing, really yeah. wants to see, as she shared with us, is Michael Douglas's character like suffer the consequences of what happened. And there's although some... this 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 also feels like while this this is what I was talking about, sort uh-huh. of the the insidious sort of grasp 
on our culture that monogamy has. Mm-hmm. I think lying to your partner and cheating on them is bad. I right. don't think it's a capital offense. No. I, <laughs> I feel that. like the, the what what some people want for a cheating partner is so uh. wildly out of proportion to the the actual physical acts that are occurring that I just it, I, it baffles I'll me. I'll tell you how I understood this film. Um and the reason how it affects me or how I see it. Uh we had an incident recently with a friend of mine who's had suffered suffered a, a, a break, I'll put it that way, um, in her mental health. I just showed up at our house mm-hmm. in the middle of the night, and um, I know who you're talking. And about. insisted on locking themselves in my room and doing stuff like that. And the entire night, my big fear was how much danger I'd put my housemates in by letting this person in the front door. And so I think that there that was some of like how I took the film. I could this version around be more sympathetic, going, okay, I can see his guilt at look what I've done to everyone's life by doing yeah. this. And I don't know that that's enough, but at the same time, I think that um, right it, again the response is disproportionate. It's I, just it's just right like. I, I agree. If with you've Glenn made a, a promise to your partner that mm-hmm. you will not sleep with another person, right? It is bad that you sleep with another person. But just this, I don't know. It's maybe I'm just wired differently. The level of betrayal that some mm. people feel when when that happens, especially against a one night stand. If you're having a long term affair emotional affair with somebody that I understand being just devastated by when you're being lied to and being told you're the one that I am with and there's this other person but a one night stand is like it's just Uh. like especially because for the most part what you're looking for is the thrill of something new and an orgasm and I don't I can't begrudge anybody either of those things it's like it's just it's what see I don't want to start reading into the imagination of all these characters because again as we've brought up several times I just mean just fundamentally so that's sort of an issue exactly I have to keep ascribing motivations why is Alex doing this why is Dan doing this why is Beth doing this yeah I'm just like you're gonna tell me that this 37 year old Mm. woman who appears to never have been in jail for this sort of behavior before right um, just has this one night stand and just snaps. Like you need to give me a reason for that because if she was if she was seventeen and had this uh, fixation because her brain wasn't fully formed yet and this was the first time it had ever happened to her, that makes way more sense to me than a an attractive professional woman who appears to know what she wants, be assertive. Um, in her life, to have the same, this well, like debilitating right. infatuation. Like, there, give me a reason. There is a reimagining of this story that's being done currently. I know um, it's got Lizzie Kaplan in it, and she's so really like. good. And I like Joshua Jackson too. But, and I just don't know if I want to watch um, it. I think that 
You were told by somebody that we right. we value their opinion. Hey, you're probably listening to this right now. Um, that it was good, but I just... I think the thing is that... I'm so it, trepidatious. It might go into the kind of things that are lacking in the film. Sure. It's got much longer. It has a right? longer it's a time series, to develop So this. you've got and 10 hours because to... Because again, as you're saying, what this person is so... And that's kind of what Glenn Close's issue is. I did, was not playing a psychotic all this time. No. I was not playing a psychotic. I was not playing it as a psychotic, so... you were was... you. What she was was playing somebody with a... It, a man, Mania is a very good we word for it, right? <laughs> yes. But this... I mean, realistically, yes, uh, psychiatric medication would do this woman a lot of good. But, like, give me... Like, I want to know what... Her what motivation that, was. What the switch was. Right. And I and Why I think, him and not I've gotta assume you've had sex with other men. Right. Why not any of them? <laughs> like It's um yeah, it it's lacking a motivation for her and why is her attachment so extreme? Why does she really feel this is what she needs to take from this other woman in order to be happy? And uh, I think that maybe the TV series will reconcile that. I don't know if it will. It certainly has the length to be able to do that. Um, but, yeah, I have to agree with with Glenn Close that, as it stands, she's basically is just a monster at the end of the film. Yeah. And, it's and I don't know why. I don't know why. Like, well, we know why, because uh, an audience... No, I know, but I mean... And again, in the context of the right, film, I don't know why. An audience did not accept the idea that, and maybe it's different. I don't know. I hope. Her. I hope so. And I hope that's the reason why they decided to revisit this material because they're going maybe this many years later. We can actually be more honest about about what it is, right? What, who's at fault, and what the actual right. repercussions are, and and why this maybe you get really, a little bit more information about, about right. somebody before you have sex with them. This film was really big at the time, and I could understand why because yeah, did it make a bunch of money? Yeah, the the fact that it was um, it was a who we <laughs> a discussion of. It, it was, this movie's budget was $14 million. It made right. $320 million. Right. That is... And it became part of the national conversation. Yeah. And yeah, I was, can see that, for sure. There's a, there have been papers written on this film, and the way it represents women, misrepresents women, misrepresents men who cheat on women. There's a lot of different opinions on this film, some of it by very prominent critics, who discussed, well, what... what did this, and I remember even watching... Uh, talk shows at the time where this film was being actively discussed. And um, and so it, it changed the discussion. There were some people who said that um, especially that this was a cautionary film for the uh, the eighth generation, is what they were called. Uh, which is a weird yeah, way that's... of marking it. But just the notion of if you are being unfaithful, you could introduce death to your family. Interesting. And that this was a wow. metaphor for you've introduced death to your family. You brought that threat home right. with you for being unfaithful. And it's so, a real pro, pro, uh, proto it follows. <laughs> right. And so some people saw her that way, this character. And a lot of different readings have been given to it. Um, most of the issues around the film center with 
what we've been complaining about, which is if I'd known what motivated her to do this, that would be one thing. When again, you're watching Play Misty for me, oh, he discovers she has a history. Oh, wait, she's been in a mental hospital before, right? There's all sorts of clues that let you know what's coming at the end. In this film, the ending comes completely out of left field. Like, yeah. wait, how did this escalate to this level? It's not just, it makes more sense for her to do something like punish herself, because we've been set up for that already. Her obsession with Madame Butterfly, her cutting her wrist shallowly, um, that idea of her cutting her own throat, and then leaving behind this, you know, uh, weapon with fingerprints on it to blame the man who she feels has ruined her life. But again, what drove her to this, we don't know. Yeah, and, and knowing whether or not she was pregnant, I think, matters. Yeah. I think it matters. Um, because a woman who takes her own life knowing that she has a wanted child in her body right. and a woman who takes her own life after lying to a man to try and trap him right. with a baby, that's two different things. Those are, those are wildly different right. um, sort of pathologies even. Like, yeah. <laughs> so just not enough. Not enough answers. So many questions. I've, I've watched it. It is thrilling. Right. Like, it's a thriller. Watching the film this time, because I, I hadn't seen it in many, many years. Yeah. I really admired the director's choices in a lot of ways. I, I did say while really, we were watching yeah. it, it's very, it's pleasant to watch. Like, it is, it he, does some really interesting things. things. Really yeah, he does. Um, and uh, the performances are actually really good. Uh, but, yeah, uh, and to think that uh, originally Barbara Hershey was cast as Alex. And um, she really wanted to do it because, as we all know, Barbara Hershey likes roles that push the envelope. Really, she does. I mean, we saw her play Mary Magdalene in this really kind of bizarre take on that person. Yeah. Um, but uh, she did a she did a film with Richard Thomas um, last summer, I think it was called, and Bruce Davison, where she plays a psychotic young woman. Oh, okay. And she did that when she was a teenager. Oh, okay. And uh, yeah, that film I would like to see again, just to because I saw that one way too young, and that was just stunning. Like, where the hell did that performance come from? But she was always very, she's into very edgy parts. And so she originally had it, then she had scheduling conflicts when it was going to be shot. So it became this, everyone wanted this this, this character. Yeah. And Glenn Close, who had come off of doing The Natural, and you remember how oh, interesting. she was almost like a, a, at one point she has a halo in The Natural, right? Her hat catches the light. She <laughs> also looks very harsh in this right. movie. Well, she showed up, apparently her hair just does that. That's not it. Just right. yeah, but her hair just does that. Yeah, right? she went into her test screen test with Michael Douglas, and they were already saying, "Well, she's completely wrong for the part, but she's a really good actress." So let's see, you know, we'll just at least give her the benefit of doing a screen test. Right. She went with her hair wild and with the, the ultra harsh mascara and everything, and then she just nailed the part. Like she she gave everyone, she spooked people out. She was. Uh, Michael Douglas is like, yeah, God, I just felt it coming off of her. She was really there. So 
the director hired her on the spot. She didn't even get out of the um, the audition without wow, having the part. Wow, that's awesome. But that's also the reason why she felt really attached to this character and then just did not like what was done with it. And she's very open about it, that she really wishes they could have stuck with that original ending. Uh, I feel like the women in erotic thrillers get sh- shaft, literally shafted sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like, like um, Sharon Stone not knowing that you could see up her skirt until right. she was watching the movie in the fucking premiere. Right. What a nightmare. Yeah. Like, mm, do better, Hollywood. <laughs> um, let's. I want to tell you what some of the taglines for this movie are, because okay. there, are, there are four, and one of them is borders on good, and two of them are terrible. <laughs> so what do you want to hear first, good oh, or bad? Good. All right. The good one, the only one that I think is passable, serviceable, mm. is... A one-night fling with no strings attached. That's what she said. That's what he believed. That's good. That's not bad. That works. Um, on the other side of drinks, dinner, and a one-night stand lies a terrifying love story. Oh, God. That's not a love story. They don't love each other. One-night stands can be murder. Right. Which is... <laughs> I'm also like... The title. That's like, that's like attraction a, just gives right. everything away. That's like a Mickey Splain. One night stands can be murder, right? It's like, good Lord. You can just hear, no, nah, no. Nah. <laughs> like, okay. And then uh, a look that led to an evening, a mistake he'll regret, dot, 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 all caps, for the rest of his life, which sounds like she's going to kill him. And uh, spoiler alert, in no version of this does she kill yeah. him. I uh God. Alright. So did you think do you think it's thrilling? Like do you think if I think it's thrilling on this list? I think it's it has an honest place in this list. I would have rather had the original ending because it yeah. feels more realistic than just, you know, again, she's becomes she's out there now with Frankenstein, Dracula, and the creature from the Black Lagoon. Yeah. I don't get what the deal was with Turning her into that, um, although strangely enough, that was the ending that worked for most people. I I don't get it. Yeah. But uh, well, I should should do a little shout out because I noticed dude, she's only in one like one fucking scene, like half of a frame or something. But they have a babysitter at the beginning of the movie uh-huh. when they're going to this gala, and it's right. Jane Krakowski, and she's like a tiny baby. <laughs> Well, uh, there's a lot of good supporting... Fred Gwynn shows up in this movie. Yeah. And I, I wanted, you know... <laughs> yeah. yeah, she's 19 or she's, 18 right. in this movie. Um, also, a uh, shout-out to Lois Smith, who plays uh, Martha, who is Dan's nosy-ass secretary. <laughs> and I love her. I love her older, but I love her in this, too. Right. Um. Yeah. So, thrilling. that was Fatal yes. Attraction. It's a thriller. So next week, we're going to watch something that is... Equally dull for you. I'm not excited about the watch again, but it's not my jam. It's fine. We're going to talk about it. Uh, but it's very different than this movie. <laughs> like, about as different as you can maybe get. Right. And that is uh, the epic sci-fi classic... Star Wars. We're watching Star Wars. Uh, 
I guess we should call it Star Wars 4, A New Hope, even though it's the first one that ever came out. (sighs) We're watching Star Wars, everybody. At least I get to see R2-D2. I have that to look forward to. Um, Yeah, so that's what we're going to watch next week. Um, In the meantime, do you have anything you'd like to recommend? Uh, Yes, Uh, over the weekend... We saw uh, John Wick four. Four, the fourth one. We find we didn't. We saw all the other ones in the theater, but we didn't see this right. last one in the theater. And it was very entertaining and really, really, really violent. And I liked it. I wanted to see this one especially because there's a lot of Donnie Yen's in it. Donnie Yen is so good. He was in it way more than I thought he right. was going to be in it. Yo, this is a three-hour movie that does not feel like a three-hour movie. But it does make you tired. You will be tired. Yes. Um, But uh, Donnie Yen, who I have uh, admired for years, doing action movies in Hong Kong, and here he's playing yet again a blind assassin, which is, you know, blind martial arts experts are what he plays now, uh, mostly in Western films, because as I told you, I believe that they're giving him a handicap so that it's yeah. not quite but so although I am not 100% uh-huh. um, certain that that character was blind. <laughs> that character presented as blind, but he could tell you what his cards were in his hand. So he had some some sight. You, that's, you can do a lot right. blind. That's not one of the things you can do. Yeah, it's, he's playing a really interesting character, and I think that one of the things that's been lacking in some of the past movies, and they tried to rectify that a little bit with Halle Berry in the last movie, is to have characters that knew Wick or were friends with him. Yeah. or And in this case, you're meeting someone who is every, every inch his equal. Yeah. Who has his own motivations for being there. Yeah. And um, and he's a friend of his, and so also maybe maybe not his equal, maybe his better, right? But in a gunfight, right, you're more equal. But hand to hand, I think no, Donnie yes, no, has got it. I would say that it's right? overall, like that's, but Donnie and will eat you alive. That's kind that's, of that's the thing. He, he may his, he may be his equal with firearms, right. but hand to hand. I think John Wick realizes that's a that's, that's kind a no of win right. for him. But um, and the thing is that the the director Chad Selesky, who was a stunt coordinator himself and second yeah. unit director, he stages a lot of the scenes in this film the way I think that a person who's used to having a director or an editor make choices that cut out some of their best work. Yeah. It's you can always see right. where people are and you can see what they're doing. Right. There's a, a scene uh that takes place in Paris. There's a lot of the whole climax in Paris is amazing. Um starting with this uh this attempt to kill him Wick inside of a house where we're given sort of an aerial view. Yeah, like looking down like a dollhouse. Or right. like a if you've ever played like a Lego game where you look at them from the top and you watch them walk around. It's like that, but he's right. fighting. It's, I was like, I was high when we were watching it. Let's be clear. But also I was like, have you ever seen anything like this? This, this is amazing. And you were really, like, no. And I was like, okay, it's not just my There's a scene that takes place in a roundabout uh, around the Arc de Triomphe, I think. Mm-hmm. And 
he's fighting people and it's really amazing because he's like the driving in here is not just the driving but he's like using I'll call it Aiki Jiu-Jitsu because it's both okay and he's throwing people into moving cars and it's the way that he's using the cars as a way of stopping people like I I can't I can't possibly hit all of you so I will use the things around me to help and it was it was a really an amazing set piece. Not to and then there's another where the uh, the steps up to the uh, oh the steps up to the soccer uh, core soccer core. Um, there's two hundred and two hundred and twenty two two hundred and twenty. Oh Jesus! And, According uh, to the DJ right. on the thing, so I don't know if that's right, but, but I think it's yeah, probably that close, scene right? is really well done. Oh, and, and then he, y'all, he falls all the way back down to the bottom. It's remarkable <laughs> to watch because there's so, there's so, uh, it's such a simple set piece, right? It's yeah, one location. Steps. Just steps. <laughs> it's the, um, it's a testimony to the directing and the editing and everything. And the choreography, of course. Yeah. And the whole teams of stunt people it must have taken oh to do my God. this. The amount of stunt people and stunt drivers and, yeah, just fighters. Right. And, um, yeah, especially the scene, the dollhouse-like scene, reminded me of watching one of Tony Jaw's right. movies where they would do the long, uncut, there are 300 people who have to hit their marks or we got to start over type scenes. Um, and I don't know if the, it was as seamless as it seemed or like if it was all shot at once or if stitching together technology is getting better. I, I have legitimately don't know, but it's impressive either way. Uh, but the, the people, I mean, it's uh, Donnie Yen, uh, Scott Atkins. Scott Atkins, Hiroyuki Sonata. He is amazing. Uh, they're, they're just like real action heroes. Yeah. Uh, and so it was great watching all these people come together and basically get all their own in this film. Again, when it's directed by a person who knows these action stars, he really gets the best out of them. Yeah. Yeah. So it was really good. What would you recommend? I am going to recommend a podcast. It is. Um, an actual play D&D podcast, but if you don't like that sort of thing, it's also just a fantastic story that is being played out by some amazing improv performers. So they're building a story. One of them is telling, like giving them the framework and three of them are characters in the story and they play it. They're all storytellers. What they want to do with this podcast is tell stories. They're doing it in the form of tabletop role-playing games to add the element of surprise so that they don't get too comfortable in the stories that they want to tell. Okay. They Sometimes you roll the dice and, oops, you died. Or, oops, like, the plan that you had is absolutely not going to work and you've got to come up with something else. Um, and it's, um, Brennan Lee Mulligan, Lou Wilson, Erica Ishii, and, uh, Abria Iyengar. And, uh, they are, as I say, the top people that you want to hear doing storytelling. Uh, it's beautifully sound designed. I'm a Patreon member, so they did a full 10 hour 
um, story of when these characters were children and met for the uh, first time when they were like six and seven and kind of just born. Um, and then they're doing, you know, the current stories that they're, that they're on. And it is phenomenal. Mm -hmm. It's so immersive. So like I've cried at almost every episode at some point because just the st like I'm in it with these characters and we're only like 10 episodes in. Wow. Okay. So they just started doing this. They it's a it's a, uh, a lot of them work for Dimension 20 or um College Humor or other actual play podcasts that are owned by other companies. This is solely owned by them, the four of them. They're the ones working on it um their Patreon goes to them and them alone and really their, and their producer who's doing all the sound design. Um, and they did it because they want basically something approaching a home game that they can do in perpetuity. Right. So they are planning to just do these forever. And right. each one could be years long, like yeah. depending on the depth and breadth of the stories that they want to tell and it, get in now because eventually there's going to be 400 years or hours of, of stuff to catch up on which will be awesome at that point right. but like if you get in now you're going to be there from the beginning and I promise you if you like stories this like is such a great story like just good yeah. story I'm, the, the next one comes out tomorrow and I'm so excited <laughs> So, yeah, we're, it's called Worlds Beyond Number. Um, I will link it in the show notes. Okay. All right. I think that's everything for this one. Next week we're watching Star Wars, everybody. It's everybody's favorite movie, so should be a pretty brief episode. Do we really need to recap the whole thing? I don't know. We'll see. I don't think we need to. It's just, yeah, it might be a you short episode. You know this. It may be a like fairly short episode. It is one of the most well documented well but, yeah. and but, uh, people know the minutia yeah. and they'll just you know uh, and we don't want to get things wrong like no. it, we're going to do real broad like, strokes oh we God. don't need to do a full no, recap no that's a bantha and the giant lizards exactly like yeah, that's the thing like right? I don't like, yeah okay dubaks banthas whatever it's, it's it's important to be an expert when you're talking on these things right. and I am not an expert I, so I like I know biblical scholars who know less about the Bible than some people, people know, about know about Star Wars. Star Wars. I know. It's wild. Nuts. Yeah. So we don't want to piss anyone off. Right. But we're going to watch it. We're going to talk about it. But yeah, we're probably not going to do just a full recap because y'all... Why bother? <laughs> even though that's the premise of our show, right. it feels like gilding a lily. It just it right. feels like not the right way to approach it. So we're probably going to do something a little different next week. Um, and that'll be fine. We're going to talk about Star Wars. We're just going to maybe massage the format a little bit. Um, if you have, uh, in the meantime, any questions, comments, or concerns, you can email us at latecomerspod at gmail.com. Uh, and if you can find us on Facebook, you can find us on Twitter, you know, search bars, you can find us at Latecomers Pod, um, you know, on Twitter as much as ever, which is to say not very much. I want to remind you to please, please remember to take your medicines. And we'd like to remind you, better late than never. never.